All right. Welcome in. Refreshed. Pumped. Happy to be in the Brown O'Haver Studios. How are you, Josh Elmer? Good morning. Anything fun in your world last night? Did you watch some softball? Watched some softball. Watched a little history. Another beatdown. So, uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time this morning on it. I, You know what? I meant to say something when I was getting off the plane last night. I was going to see about trying to get Coach on this morning, but maybe... Maybe we'll just text and see if JT's got some time for us. I don't I don't know what more to say. I mean, you know, we had the during the crossover yesterday, Toby asked if it was the biggest challenge this season for the Sooners. And I still contend that UCLA is the best team they played. I think UCLA is really good. And I if I understood correctly, the Bruins have had a couple injuries. I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I followed everything in the Pac-12. Um, we've got enough on our hands right now with uh, what was a uh, six games in five-day stretch for Sooner softball. So, you know, obviously you saw the scores. You saw them sweep by Arizona. But I, I just think UCLA is really good. And we we joked on this show a couple days ago about tiers in college softball. And if you were to put – by the way, Trey Young in MSG is just so fantastic. If you were to put teams in tiers, how – you know, you'd really be hard-pressed to find maybe a fourth team to go in that top tier, right? Because – and. Hell, based on what I saw last night, Oklahoma might be in a tier all by itself. So, you know, Oklahoma is one of the top teams in the country. You know, Alabama, when they have a pitcher like Montana Fouts, they're going to be in the conversation. And Florida State has persevered. Though, hot take, college softball hot take, are you ready? I think Florida State's the third best team in their conference. I think Virginia Tech's better than Florida State. I think I think Duke might be better than Florida State. But but we'll see. Well that that will play out in time. Um after last night, you know, so anyway, the tier conversation, you know, and you're kind of in a battle to see, all right, is there truly a second tier or is everyone just kind of hodgepodge in a in a pot altogether? Oklahoma State fans, you guys know that if you follow it, you just lost to UTA. That's unacceptable. Um, so, in in my mind, Josh Helmer, I don't know what that second tier looks like. And I thought with Kowalik and, and some of that, they have seven. I thought Kentucky was in that tier. And I still think they're a really good team. I mean, they're the number eight team in the country. I mean, we have too many college softball rankings that we count. There's one that has them at eight, one that has them at 11. I was just looking at the college RPI before I came in this morning, and yes, softball still uses RPI. And in the most recent RPI rankings, I mean, Oklahoma is somehow number three. But, you know, Kentucky was and is a, a top 20 team. They're 17. So it's a good, it's a good record that they are good – Record of opponents that they've played. 
But they went into the team that, you know, we're having a debate about, all right, is is this a team that might be knocking on the door? And they beat them 9-1. to one. I mean, what more do you say? We'll bug JT, see if we can't wake him up. Well, he's up, what am I saying? And get after it here on the Plank Show on this uh, Wednesday edition. There's so much to get into, though. I don't even know. I don't even know where I, I all I want to talk about is softball. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, that's it. One one on the depth chart. The this, by the way, is a Kentucky team too that was six and zero at home before last night. <laughs> that had won every game at home. They had a record crowd, and Oklahoma smoked them. I just, I don't, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think the takeaway: Oklahoma's on undefeated watch. They are, and. In terms of tiers, I know for you, you're the play-by-play voice, so you don't want to put bad juju on it or say too much. But, yes, Oklahoma's in a tier in and of it itself right now. That's just the reality of the world we're living in with Oklahoma softball. Here's some games that I would say, all right, circle. Because... There's not that Oklahoma could lose, but oh my gosh, Taron Armstrong got paid by the Dolphins. Did you see that deal? 43 mil guaranteed? Anyway, back back to the point. Sorry, a bright light, free agent signing. Armstead was a guy that I was kind of hoping the Raiders might knock on the door of it. Not of that price. Anyway, TJ theorized it may be a midweek game. Like, ah, you know, maybe they have a tight midweek game. Here's why I I get where that's coming from, but their midweek games are Tuesday against Wichita State this coming Tuesday, the following Tuesday, following Wednesday against Tulsa, and then April 20th against UNT. And we're in Denton for that game, so maybe, maybe there's a we're going to show hope what we're all about I might be reaching there a little bit with the Hope Trotwine transfer, but Wichita State should be the best of those three, right? Maybe. Um, UNT has started the season sixteen and six. Uh, they've beaten Texas Tech a couple of times. They played Texas tight. They played Oklahoma State tight. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Wichita State. I kind of started doing a little work on them when I got home last night. For those that maybe have just jumped on board with softball. Wichita State came here for the Norman Regional last year. They've had a nice start to their season. They're 17-9, and nine, but they've got a couple of games where you're like, what? what just happened? Like They lost to Longwood this year. They got beat by, by Charlotte, got, got run-ruled by Nebraska, and Nebraska is not very good. But, but, and they're off this weekend, so they're off heading into the Oklahoma game on Tuesday. But when they had a chance to play against number 10 Arkansas this year in Fayetteville, they gave them a game. They only lost 7-4. to four. And then, of course, you know me, I'm, I'm always quite partial to the alma mater, but this, this just ain't that team, I think, for Tulsa that you know you, you look up like, whoa, this is a – this is a one-zip game heading into the fifth inning. What's going on? I've had those. Um, the Tol- I, Tulsa came here for the Norman Regional. Probably should have beat Oklahoma in 2017, right? Uh, Tulsa came here 
in what was it, low fifteen, maybe fourteen, where it took a like a ninth inning walk off home run from Lauren Chamberlain to beat him one zip. We went up there a couple years ago. Well, up there being here for those of you in the nine one eight listening, and uh, ba- barely got by. I think it was like three one game, maybe two zip. But Tulsa's struggling this year. I mean they they're sitting right now six games under five hundred, and gosh, when they played. When they played Texas, they got beat 19-2. to They just lost a couple games to Texas Tech this weekend. Um, did squeak out a win against Kansas. So, I'm not saying I'm not worried about the mid- midweek games, but I would just add, if that's kind of the mindset where you say, oh, could they stub their toe there? Maybe it's a lack of focus. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that would be a concern I would have. I would still say if you're circling the series where you're like, all right, let's let's see what they've got. It's the the trip to to Texas. It's the, the trip to Austin on April 14th, and it's the the Oklahoma State home series. And I, again, I know that some people get mad when you have this kind of bravado or confidence, but I don't think either one of those teams is in Oklahoma's league. Now, if the Sooners allow Texas to load the bases with nobody out in the first inning. Might they push across a run if they may, if the Sooners make two errors? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, Josh, I just listen. I, like I said, it's all I want to talk about. I, we'll get to it more in depth later on in the show. I just don't know how you beat that trio. If Jordy Ball happens to struggle, you go to the bullpen. You bring in Hope Troutwine, who is elevated her game since transferring here. Hope Chadwine's struggling. Guess what? You go to Nicole May, who pitched the Sooners to the World Series last year in the Super Regional and is just getting better this year. They're... And then, let's say the pitching does struggle. We had this happen a few times last year where you had to outslug your opponent. You, you're going to, you know, when Kinsey Hansen's back 100% healthy, you're going to be able to slow this down? I don't, I don't know. There's like two pitchers in the country that I look at and say, all right, they concern me. And I, I don't think you worry about either one of them until you get to the Women's College World Series. It would take the perfect storm for somebody right now with what's left on the rest of Oklahoma's schedule before postseason. It would take that perfect storm to beat OU. Like you're saying, I mean, you've got three great options in the circle with Ball, Troutwine, and May. So if one of those doesn't click, you boom, go to one of the other options. And even if Oklahoma's pitching is not stellar that day, OU's been run ruling teams left and right. It's not unthinkable that they just outslug somebody. So, yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody right now to beat OU. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. All right, so 914, listen, I, I hear all the time from Sooner fans and, and, and college softball fans in general. We deserve more coverage. We'll one more talk about our team. Well, okay, there you go. Now help us out. Show us it matters. Thoughts, reactions, concerns, 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Nothing enrages your boy more than people like, you should talk more about what, what's wrestling. When wrestling James texts in, you should talk more about wrestling. At least James texts and tweets every day, right? And it's very appreciative when we do. Appreciate that, James. But I just, we gave him that name. I don't know if that's really who he is, by (laughs) the way. Uh, And it came from a Dave Chappelle bit about uh, 
whenever they went behind the scenes and Flipper. Oh, Flipper. I know Miss James. Have you seen that bit? Don't, oh, yeah. Don't look it up while you're on the air. But I, I just – I love whenever fans get fired up about something. You should talk more about Tulsa. Hey, great. You know, we're taking some Tulsa calls. That's going to be the key. you got to check in with us. But, uh, listen, we're open for your text today. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 651-3439. We haven't even hit a lot of other topics from last night. Uh, it's funny – I have here in studio, in the Brown O'Haver studios, from our flagship, Sports Talk 99.3 FM and 1400 AM here in Norman. And it's funny how everyone has now turned their NBA outrage to what's going on with the Lakers, to what's wrong with the Warriors. It's almost like if a good player gets hurt, Josh, you might struggle a little bit. I don't know. Novel concept. I I know that seems wild, but whenever you might have a trio of stars, if one of those guys is down – it can make a major impact. So we'll get into some of that later. Plus, Trey Young showed out last night, as he typically does in Madison Square Garden, talking all kinds of gas. I've got I've got tons from Ted. Ted Roof met with the media yesterday. I haven't listened to all of it, but what I did was fantastic. And there were still two things that I wanted to talk about from Britt Venable's presser that we didn't even get to yesterday. Devontae Adams met with the media. In the NFL, Matt Ryan met with the media in the NFL as he's now an Indianapolis Colt. And the USFL is going a little gimmicky while Major League Baseball has full-on committed to a gimmick. We'll hit it all on a busy Wednesday edition of the Plank Show next. Do you know what I think I would do if I was a quarterback? I think this works for coaching, too. If I was a quarterback who maybe had struggled for a year, I would go somewhere and be a backup for a season. Then everyone suddenly thinks you're amazing. I don't know how this happens, but it's every year. Y'all know Marcus Mariota can't stay healthy, and everyone's losing their mind. I think Mariota in Atlanta is going to be incredible. Okay. He can't stay healthy and be he's a turnover machine. Right? Mitch Trubisky has new life in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they love Mitch Trubisky so much that there's already a report that if the Browns cut Baker Mayfield, the Steelers would pounce all over Baker Mayfield. But please tell me more about the greatness of Mitch Trubisky. We lose our minds over a dude that takes a little bit of time away. Coaching is the best example ever, right? Have you ever saw You watch Urban Meyer might take a few years away from coaching, and as soon as there's a big college opening, it'll be... Dude, Urban Meyer would be great at UCLA. Well, and Urban Meyer might not be the best example because he's won national championships. That's fair. But how about this? My point is, Marcus Mariota had some good NFL years. Mr. Trubisky had a really good rookie year. Now, did they win a title? No. But they had a good season. But then as time progressed, you realized they're not very good. I mean, Tennessee went out and brought in Ryan Tannehill who we all clowned on, and he beat out Mariota. So I would say with with Urban Meyer, it's after a disappointment, right? After Jacksonville, the further you're away from it, you know, there's some things that people in sports and the media world never forget. But yet there's other things like, I don't know, four interception games. (laughs) They'll, They'll forget everything about Jacksonville as soon as there's an opening at Wisconsin or something in college football. Could you imagine Urban Meyer in Wisconsin, by the way? Any place that would just be odd, Wisconsin, UCLA, 
Texas. Anyway, uh, I was just laughing this morning. This this Mitch Trubisky move to Pittsburgh is just, I think it's great for him to get a fresh start. Breaking news. Steelers would pounce on Baker Mayfield if he was cut by the Cleveland Browns. Right. Well, of course they would. It's an upgrade from what they've got at quarterback. I, oh, man. Um, Dude, what'd you do last night outside of softball? Anything else kind of catch the fancy of Josh Helmer? Yeah, I obviously watched a lot of softball and then what did I do watch a little NBA and recorded a podcast Ooh. so did the um you know the, the the conversation that keeps coming up with OU football is just one of, of pure energy and excitement and I love it I absolutely love it but y'all gotta quit getting hooked every time that that a that that coward tweets anything or that something USC brings up. I know that this isn't kind of the way that it goes, but, you know, that's – he wants to see you get all fired, and he doesn't care if he's wrong. I mean, I'm not – I'm I'm just I'm, – I'm breaking down the fourth wall here, right? Well, I'll show him. He's going to be wrong, and he's going to have to eat it on this. Yeah, no, you know he what, won. Yeah, he won because you got all fired up and you responded to it. You know what the greatest response to a troll is? None no at all. No response. That's and difficult sometimes. There's certain, there's certain people that I used to see in my timeline with OU fans riled up and yelling at them. I don't even see them now. You know why? Because I think a lot of people figured out, if I ignore that, it goes away. This isn't like a stomach pain or a back pain or a rash. If you decide to just say, I don't need that, you're good. When Colin Coward tweets, I heard the USC practice was the greatest practice I've ever seen in my life. First of all, uh, someone just got fired for talking to Colin about a, a, a Lincoln-Riley practice, so good job, Coward. But secondly, its whole point is to get a rise out of you. That's all it is. That's it. And I, I wish that one of those tweets would go out and there were – Zero likes or zero replies from Oklahoma fans. That's my hope. Not a one. Not a single person. Because that's all they want is to rile you up. And some might say, well, Oklahoma's not that important of a market. Why would he be? Yeah, it is. Because we react and we respond. And it looks impressive. Sorry, I know you're trying to get a drink of your coffee. No, it it drives engagements. (laughs) It does. Oklahoma fans... They do that. They will defend tirelessly their players, coaches, athletes, teams. We've seen this all the way back. I I think that Cowherd and Bayless and all of these guys figured out pretty quickly not too long ago with Kevin Durant, oh, wow, we've got something here from the state of Oklahoma. Sure. And then that sort of worked its way into Baker Mayfield, and here we are today. Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I mean, if someone says that a a coach or a player had the greatest practice they've ever seen unprompted, the only reason is to try to get a rise out of you. So, from my perspective, I would just challenge each and every one of you to not reply. It's done. I think we've all... 
it's not them winning. It's not anyone winning. We've shown that we don't care. Now, unfortunately, I feel like, Josh, my rally might fall on some deaf ears here, and that's fine. I understand it. But my rally is, it don't matter. Because I listened to Brent Venables yesterday. I watched the videos from practice. I listened to Ted Roof yesterday. Some of the players talked about it. I'm pretty fired up about where this program is going. I'm done with anything out on the West Coast. Done with it. Well, listen, I'm still going to watch the Lakers and the Dodgers and the Kings, and I'm all in on what the Raiders are doing right now. But as far as USC and any of those conversations, it's just to try to get a rise out of you, man. And Stop you should falling be. for it. You should be done with it. It doesn't, doesn't affect Oklahoma all that much anymore. Do you know what's going to affect Oklahoma? you showing up for the spring game. That's, what, that's what's going to affect Oklahoma, right? April 23rd, you being out there for the spring game, for the Baker Mayfield statue unveiling, for what this team is going to look like. That's what, that's what makes Oklahoma great. Not you telling someone they're an idiot on Twitter. Not you and Gay. You know what I like on Twitter right now? You know my favorite thing on Twitter right now, Josh? Is Oklahoma fans fighting with each other to try to win these stupid brackets that people have created for the best Sooner account. That's my favorite thing on Twitter right now. It has taken on a life of its own. It has. That's great. That's good content. You know what's not is, oh, yeah, we'll bleep you. What'd he do? He quit on us. I'm like, okay, it's over. Colin Coward trolling you is simply that. Colin Coward trolling you. Stop. My, if, if it comes out that, oh, my gosh, Chris Plank dropped dead of a heart attack this morning. He's dead. You know what my dying wish is for all of y'all? Here's my dying wish. Don't interact with stupid tweets. There it is. Deathbed wish. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some family things on there, but quit falling for everything. You're like... I don't know. You're sucking it. What's the first? You buy tickets for me and my family? Okay. Listen, bud. Sure. Do you, you want me to buy $5 tickets for you and your family? I got you. I got you, Kendall. What do you need? Four? I got you. I just, the whole thing is, the bottom line more than anything else is if you want to support Sooner football, if you want to support OU, fighting with Colin Coward and USC fans on the internet ain't it. Colin Coward, who gave two rips about college football before Lincoln Riley came no, to no. USC. Colin Coward, who gave two rips about Lincoln Riley before he came to USC. And Lincoln Riley, who gave two rips about doing anything with the media before he went to USC. There you go. I mean, what more do you need? I don't I don't understand it. I, I I will never truly fathom it. It doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And you know, maybe in the end we get the last laugh. But for now, stop it. Stop fighting on Twitter. Please. All right, let me get um I like this. Let's get Larry the mailman in here. This is my new favorite caller to the show. What's going on, Larry? How's it going? This, this is the first time caller, uh, long time listener. First uh, like, time, like long term. Some, yeah, maybe get some uh, boomerang or you know uh, syrup coupons or something for first time. Syrup's a good place, by the way. I went down there a couple weeks ago. Syrup is one of my favorites. Yes, I love it a lot. I'm a big uh, fan. Okay. I I had I think like the chicken and waffles. They were fantastic. Oh, Can't go wrong with yeah. that. 
anytime you got chicken waffles and syrup, it's that's there's not a lot of better combinations. Uh, but so I was watching the game last night, watching the softball game, listening to the FCC network, which is was my mistake. And I thought it's hilarious because they were talking about how about about the fifth or sixth inning they were talking about how all of, all of Oklahoma's home runs came because the the wind was behind them, and you know and and, and then uh, you know which may have been true, but then but then just as they said that you know Brito launches one, uh, you know against the wind, and that was their excuse for uh, you know for, for Kentucky not hitting them late in the game, you know. So I thought it was it was, it was kind of apropos for them to. Or a burrito to launch one there uh, in late in the innings, but it is kind of funny to watch those telecasts. Wait, so they were saying? Wait, I, now again, I got to. I did not get to listen to a ton of it. I just heard the highlights that we right. sent out from ESPN. They were talking about the wind holding up a home run for Kentucky. Yeah, they no they said that no no no. That's they weren't yeah. freaking there. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. Now listen, yeah. one girl from Kentucky got a hold of one, but it sure as hell didn't get knocked down by the wind. It just didn't have enough juice. That's uh, that's ridiculous. Well, and they and they went as far, like I said, they went as far as saying that all of Oklahoma's home runs were early, and and that was you know was why theirs were going out. You know, basically, you, 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 if you get a chance to watch the uh, broadcast, it was hilarious. Uh, but they, okay, can I can I just make a little, little point yeah, here? Yeah. When you're not at the game, when you're doing right. a, I think they call it Remy broadcast. I don't think right. you're in a position where you can talk about the wind or the weather conditions. That's something that you punt on because you're not right. there. Sorry, Larry, I'm not right. mad at you, but my point is that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The wind did not seem to have a problem on the six home runs that Oklahoma hit. You know when the wind had a problem? The wind had a problem in Oklahoma City on Friday. That's when the wind right. knocked down some home run balls. Wind didn't knock down. It, I gotta watch my language, man. The wind didn't knock down <laughs> anything on on Tuesday night in Lexington. That's the dumbest well, thing you, I've ever heard on a broadcast. And you also kind of depressed me a little bit there with your heart attack thing. We, I don't know, you know, I'd have to. I don't know what we would do if, if something happened to Chris. You Mike. would we'd not react to Colin Coward. That's what you would do. <laughs> if if I died tomorrow, please, just one of those tweets that go out. Have him wondering, what's going on? What's wrong with my Twitter? Why aren't Sooner fans all mad? I want you to make him go crazy by your lack of interaction. That is that is my, my deathbed wish. The, the only other thing I have to ask you about. Go ahead. I talked I talk to somebody that I, I'm going to sound like Pat Jones here. I got but you're not going to tell me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not right. going to tell you guys. Right, right, right. So, so I talked to somebody yesterday that's pretty high up down there at the Thunder. They're trying to get me to take take in more tickets. They're trying to get me to ah. uh, go from go from two to four. Yeah. So basically, I talked to them yesterday, and they told me that uh, basically, in a nutshell, they are disappointed with the renewals. You know that basically they had an 83 percent renewal rate this year and they are quote unquote disappointed they should be that, that, right that oklahoma city fans are kind of not what they thought they were oh. this is, now this is what this is what somebody told me they, they they thought they were different they thought that, so anyway so my question is you know you 83 percent this year 93 last year 93 the year before you start looking at that and all of a sudden you're down 25 percent okay now i don't let politics get in my way of sports i mean i'm I definitely have a side, but 
I don't let that. I go to the games no matter what. I don't care what they're what they're. Yeah, politics is the, not why people aren't going to the Thunder right. games. Yeah, no, no, no. People right, aren't going right. to the Thunder games because the Thunder stink. <laughs> right, right. So my question is, and, and 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 in a roundabout way, and I was kind of reading in between the lines, and maybe I was reading too much in between. Do you think, you know, long long story short version here? Do you think that the, we have anything? As far as Thunder fans to be concerned about, I know the whole NBA is struggling right now. But is this something that I mean? That, that the biggest crowd they had the other, was the other night when Stephen Adams came back. But do you think this is anything oh. that's maybe a blossoming a blossoming thing that could be? I mean, yes. I'm not saying they're, I'm not saying they're going to move to Seattle. I'm not saying they're going to move to Seattle. But is this a is this a potential problem? You know, that's a real. You know, let's do. Hey, Larry the Mailman. Right. I appreciate your yeah. phone call. I I have some hot takes on this. I'm still trying to get over the fact that on a night when the wind was actually blowing across the field and kind of out at times towards left field, that somebody on a broadcast would say the wind knocked down a ball. <sighs> anyway, um, I'm composed. I'm cool. I'm, 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 I'm laid back. I'm I'm I have my thoughts on the Thunder, right? I mean, I, I I'm a Laker fan who converted to being a Russ fan whenever I saw kind of how he stayed. Doug liked the Paul George thing. Kind of thought it was a little bit corny to do a party whenever both of them are gone two years later. But hey, what? A well, night. hang on. At the time, it was cool. What what a night that was. It's like, have you ever seen the movie Wildcats, where Goldie Hawn is a football coach? This that's a that's a really deep cut if you've seen it. It's a great movie, but. The superintendent or, or principal of the school talks about how they'd won one game, right? Like, but that one party we had after that one win, <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about like the Russ Paul George that, party now. That was how that night turned yeah, out. That yeah, that one party. Um, but I don't know how they thought we would react as a fan base. And I say we because I'm here. I want the Thunder to be successful. It's better for all of us if the Thunder are good. But when you have a team that moved here in in 08, right? And their first season, they were not good. They fired P.J. Carlissimo, hired Scotty Brooks early in the season. But since that point, they had gone to the Western Conference Finals three times, went to the NBA Finals, had one season in there when they didn't make the playoffs, but and it was, it a, was an injury, injury to Russ. Riddled. Was it Russ or Katie that got her? I think it was both of them, right? But And had... Then suddenly, even even in 19 and 20 when you were going to rebuild, right, suddenly Chris Paul happens and you got a, a, a nice young team. You're like, this is fun. What did they think was going to happen? The Thunder front office that I've dealt with at times was very arrogant from a ticket side. When we were in – I mean, you can ask Pop about this. When we were in Tulsa, when they first moved here, they were great um, – Clay Bennett came up and talked to us, and it was awesome. I mean, it was great. And then all of a sudden when they had success, it was almost as it became, oh, well, we don't need you now, right? And now all of a sudden, a year removed from the playoffs, you know, maybe, what would you say, three years removed from being a contender, and you've been a tank, alicious team for the past two seasons, and you would have the audacity to say, well, we need you to up your game. We're kind of disappointed. What do you expect? 
What market's happy whenever they tank, especially whenever you have a fan base that was no knock. I mean, was born on third base. We got Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook when this team moved here. I mean, I think it's clear. Did I say we're going to break? I'm sorry. Go ahead. We need to, but I I, I think it's clear trying to play to the heartstrings a little bit. We thought you Oklahoma City fans were different. Guess you're not, right? (laughs) Such a jerky thing to say. But the bottom line is this. It's naive from the Oklahoma City Thunder organizationally if if they legitimately thought they could be this bad and still pack that place out they're living in fantasy land that doesn't happen anywhere in professional sports all right quick break Nine forty. um I, I don't like to talk too much thunder because i, I just think it's kind of ridiculous what they're doing now, who knows maybe in two years from now i look like the fool and they're winning the west but i don't know we'll see We'll get back in our lane next. 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions, text line. Law offices of Rod Pulse and Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 3299000. That's 405-3299000. Hit us up with your thoughts next on The Plank Show. Do you want to, uh, you want to add on, since Larry the Mailman brought it up, the the Thunder conversation? I don't. I don't think that it's a situation where you would ever have to worry about them moving. I think the commitment from, you know, Clay Bennett, um, the the Love's family, obviously a major part. I don't think unless they and if ticket revenue falls, NBA is has massive TV deals, but in each market, t- butts and seats do matter. They matter a lot. Um, the only sport that really doesn't concern itself with your with your ticket revenue is the National Football League. And honestly, they that's just like the cherry on top. I don't think it's anywhere in the near future. Yeah. I mean, it does matter how this rebuild goes. If it goes poorly, then then yeah, I mean, it, it could be a possibility where you're looking to get somewhere where there's excitement and you can sell tickets in the future. Yeah, this text was That was funny. Incredible. I, I, I spit my drink out, literally – from the 405, let's trade the Thunder to Seattle for the crack. <laughs> I'm in. I love that. That's a great idea. I, Larry would know this. There's a handful of you that are old enough to remember whenever once the the Ford Center was built, the whole idea was that Oklahoma City would be pushing for an NHL team. And I think we're among the finalists, if, if memory serves correct. Yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. But here, here's the thing. We want we want winners, right? I mean, we want winners. Would there have been a line wrapped around uh, the baseball field while the while the oh, the Kentucky baseball team was playing Moorhead State last night? There was like twelve people in the stands. Would there have been a, a softball crazy fan base wrapped around the field if it was two five hundred teams playing each other in Kentucky last night? No. Would there be waiting lists upon waiting lists for season tickets if teams weren't winning? No. you got to win. And when you're selling, I, I just – I always like to joke with dudes like Ryan, Ryan Chapman that consistently cover the Thunder, right, for his, his website that he started. And, you know, Royce does more than just OKC. But you almost – there's great stories. Listen, what SGA is doing – the, trying to see if Pokashevsky's going to be anything. Uh, the, the, Terrence Mann has been nice. I mean, there's cool stories, right? And 
there's still stars that come through Oklahoma City. Uh, the NBA is not without its rock stars. But it's just, it kind of sucks when you go to a game and you realize the best possible outcome is for us to lose. And you're on a two-year run of that. Re- rebuilding is exhausting. It just is. as And it's not cheap to go to games. It's just, I mean, I was joking with, I was joking with, uh, I believe Crimson about that earlier in the show. It's he knows, we know, I know, you know. You tell me, um, what what's the get in price for a Thunder game, right? Is it at the very least thirty bucks? I mean, I'm just I'm going for for loud city tickets. Let's just look right now. What would you say, Ticketmaster? Sure, yeah. I mean, any of those options. Okay. Let's go to Ticketmaster and let's just look at the next. Oklahoma City, gosh, why is every single time you Google Ticketmaster, there is an odd that comes in? So if – or excuse me, an ad that comes in. I knew what you meant. I, I was followed close. your logic. Uh, let's see. If we were to look for Oklahoma City Thunder. There we go. So the next Thunder basketball game is against Orlando. The Not the hottest ticket. Not the – yes, I, I accept. Well, okay, this isn't too bad. You can sit in Loud City for fifteen bucks. Now so, that's Orlando, so that's not too bad for Orlando. You can spend as much as three oh five. But I mean, let's just all right. Let's look down here. Phoenix coming to town. Yeah, that's that's a better example. Um, not a ton of fifteen dollar tickets. Well, I guess I guess there is. There's some fifteen. Still though, you know, you're talking. All right, well, let's. Let's get our four $15 tickets, Let's take the family, go sit in an area where our view at home on TV would be better than Loud City, in a Loud City area that's not quite as loud as it once was. I, I mean, I, again, I wanted to succeed, but if someone's giving a ticket buyer grief because they're not, listen, I'm not going to buy more tickets right now. I don't understand why then the response would be, well, you know, that's unfortunate. You know, we just kind of. We kind of thought you guys were built different. We are. But yet we're all the same because we want to win. <laughs> we want our team to win. You know places that support squads even when they struggle? It's like Green Bay who have been there for 70 years. It's it's, it's places that have had college football teams, ne- right? Nebraska football. Nebraska football. And even, and even they had to paper the stadium this year. I mean, they had to give out tickets. What was it? The um, where you like you buy a coke and you got two tickets to a game. I mean, it's just there, there's a lot of things that need to be done. And pro sports just has never different world never worked that way. Different. I mean, you got to win. You got to win to get people in seats. Anyway, um, thanks for the call, Larry. You gave us two segments. <laughs> of course, I I'm very passionate about this because I want I don't want fans to have to be exposed to a rebuild. You should be enjoying the standings during the season, not looking at the mock drafts and wondering who you're going to take with your 86 picks. Have they worked out? So yeah, you know, Giddy gets hurt. That kind of hurts things a bit this year, but they weren't they weren't chasing a playoff yeah, the, spot. The hourglass has run out. It's time to try to be competitive again. All right, um, quick break. Let's wrap up hour one next. A little Ted Roof. Well, I think that we spent most of the time. In the in the off season program with the the weight room and the fourth quarter program and, and the things that you know Coach Schmidt and his staff did a wonderful job. So that's where 
<coughs> excuse me, that's where the, the majority of the time was spent, and because that was the emphasis and that was a priority. Uh, and at the same time, football was too. But from the time frame commitment standpoint, there was a lot more devoted to that than there was the actually of the installation of the, of the systems. So uh, because with, without that foundation, you know, it's it's it, it, you got to have that strong foundation, which was built in our fourth quarter program. Uh, but I hope that answers your question. Yeah, just talking about kind of what the off season was like and what the focus was. I I thoroughly enjoyed the Ted Roof presser. We're going to share more of it as the show rolls on today. But it was good, man. It was good to have things back in person. I know that you know that kind of started mid season last year, but there was still some restrictions. It. You know, we did a softball presser in person the other day, so that was awesome. It was just – it's – you get sense we're back to normal, and you love to see it. Everywhere but Brooklyn, where somehow Kyrie Irving can go to a game and sit maskless in the front row, but he can't play. It is the dumbest thing in the history of ever. Only short of someone saying that the wind caused a home run not to go out of the yard when there was no wind that could have done that. Hey, hour one already? All right, tons of Ted Roof next.